Praise the Lord. Amen. Sanctuary is in the house. Praise the Lord. Amen. I heard you praising the Lord just a couple blocks away, so you're doing, making an impact in this community. Amen. There's some loud folks in there. We're loud too. Praise the Lord. But we're doing it unto Jesus. We're proclaiming that Jesus is real. Amen. That he moves and works. I'd like to thank George, Pastor George, and, and, and his wife just to allowing me to be here to minister. Uh, Michelle, they're the most sweetest people I know. I mean, they're real. You know, we call it in Spanish, we say dulce, right? You know what I'm saying? They're dulce. These people are really, and George is probably the smartest person. He downplays how smart he is, but how many know that George is, George is probably the smartest person we know? I mean, this man knows everything. I go in my kitchen, he redid my kitchen. Every time I have a problem with my computer, he knows the answer. This guy knows everything. I said, George, you are so smart. Thank you very much. And so we love him and his wife and everyone else, and God is doing great things. And, you know, I kept on telling George, George, you got to go to two services. George, you got to do, and he fights me all the time. Nah, we ain't going to two services. Nah, I ain't going to two services. So what you going to do? He says, we're going to break down that wall. Praise the Lord. So he won this time, and you guys are going to break down the wall. But I still believe, because of the anointing that's in this place, it's not going to be enough to contain Pastor Gary, Pastor Mark, and all the wonderful pastors who are here. Praise the Lord. Amen? So we're going to get into the Word of God, and we're going to turn, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Praise God. Amen. If you have it on your Kindle, say amen. If you have it on your, on your phone, say amen. If you have a good old-fashioned Bible, say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Acts chapter 3. I want to start reading at verse 1. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg for those going in to the temple court. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So when the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them, then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, Christ of Nazareth walk taking him by the right hand he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong he jumped to his feet and began to walk then he went with them into the temple courts walking and jumping and praising God when all the people saw him walking and praising God they recognized him as the same man he used to sit begging at the temple case called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amaze at what had happened to him. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for this wonderful day. We thank you for the pastors. We thank you for the people. We're thankful, Lord God, that we are alive. I know some of us are stressed out. We're going through some stuff. But we are grateful that we don't go through life on our own. 
that we have a mighty God who is there for us, who is fighting our battles. It may seem that we're wasting our time right now in the service, but we know as we lift our hands, as we praise, as we give God, that you are out there, you are fighting the battles that we are facing. We thank you, Lord God, because you are a mighty God, a powerful God, and your word never comes back void. So I pray that you would fill this room with rest. Rest, Lord God. I know, Lord God, that word sometimes seems strange in church because church is so busy sometimes, but I pray that in our spirits we would truly find rest. We come against any anxious thought. We come against any fear, any, anything that is not of you, discouragement. Oh, Lord God, we just want to rest in your presence because in your presence is fullness of joy. In your presence, Lord God, there is strength. But right now we dedicate this time, Lord God, as a time that we would sit at your feet. Not worry about where we're going to go eat. Not worry about what we're going to do tonight. The homework, the stuff that's, got we, that's waiting for us in the office on Monday. But let us take time, Lord God, and just sit at the feet of Jesus and pause. Let us pause, Lord God, and say, Jesus, tell me what I need to hear today. I want to commune with you. I want to listen to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, this past summer, there was a show on CBS, and the name of the show was entitled Under the Dome. How many of you saw, saw that show, Under the Dome? Pretty cool. Well, those of you who didn't see the show, basically the show was about this, um, this town somewhere in Maine. Right, And for some unexplained reason, suddenly they were cut off from the rest of the world because they found themselves living under a transparent dome. Now, they could not get out of this dome, and people could not get in. So the whole premise of the show was basically, well, how, what, why is the dome there, and how are we going to return to life? So that's the whole premise of the show. And when I was thinking about this show, Under the Dome, I said, you know what? That's how sometimes the church functions. It seems that we are living under some sort of dome. And what I mean by that is God has given us his power. God has given us his spirit so that we can make a difference in this world. But unfortunately, at times, it just seems that the only true difference we're making is within the four walls. But God has given us his spirit so we can go out and be the catalyst to make change in this world. And so the question is, what kind of change does God want us to make? What kind of impact is he asking us as believers? How many believers are in the house? How many of us believers, we love the Lord and we desire to work for God and do what God desires for us to do? I mean, he's given us his Holy Spirit. I mean, when the Holy Spirit, there is power. Amen? So basically, divine means from God and purpose means the reason why something was created. So the message, my message is entitled Divine Purpose. Why were we created? Why are we here? And I believe God desires to speak to our hearts today, and he's going to let us know. One of the first things we realize, because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, and the difference that we need to make in the world, the way the world is going to recognize us as standing out is because we have a divine connection with God. A divine connection. Now, there's something about human nature that we like to be connected with people, right? How many of us are always checking our Facebook? And look how many ways we have of, of, of checking in on someone. Facebook, 
and I wouldn't even go on, on the texting and phone and all these things. Back in the day when we were growing up, many of us, we didn't have all that, right? It was a pay phone, 25 cents. And good luck if you found a pay phone, especially in the middle of winter. And if you saw, found a phone that was working, it was usually all slimy and nasty, right? And you had to take like a step of faith and say, in the name of Jesus. I want to make this phone call. <laughs> collect, because I ain't have a quarter. Praise the Lord. Amen. When you take a collect call from Mitchell, Mom, it's me. Take it. Take it. Say yes. I, you know, say, I don't know. I don't know. Mom, it's only a quarter. Please, I need to talk to you. <laughs> but God, with God, we have a divine connection with him. You know, when Jesus went away, he comforted his disciples with his words that is found in John 14, 16. He says, I will ask the Father, he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. And so that promise that Jesus made to his disciples was the Holy Spirit. So it's not a lesser God, it is God. And now God abides within each and every one of us. If you're a believer, you have the full Holy Spirit. I know some of us grew up in Pentecostal backgrounds, and if we didn't speak in tongues, we didn't have the full Holy Spirit. But I'm telling you right now, if you're saved, you have the full Holy Spirit. Now, I speak in tongues with the best of them. I don't see ya, but that doesn't make me better than anybody else. Because, you know, speaking in tongues, people had an elite seat in the church. You know what I'm saying? They were always spiritual. They were always serious. And people who were seeking were like, man, I want that. I want to get to that level. It's not about a level. It's about a relationship with God. So the Holy Spirit is our comforter. He's inside of us. He's our helper. He's our source of divine power. And he leads us to all truth. Man, he's our guide in life. Sometimes I don't have all the answers, which is most of the time I don't have all the answers. And sometimes I can't get a hold of George, you know? <laughs> I call him George because I know forever. I know Pastor George, but praise the Lord, George. Amen? And so what I believe and know is that God is there, and he's there to comfort us, to guide us. I know sometimes it seems that we're in a dark place and no one understands, but just understand and know that God is inside of you. He's not somewhere up in the clouds no he's in our hearts and he's in our lives and just know that he will give you the power the reason you're standing today many of us are standing today not because of willpower not because we got it all together it's the opposite we're a mess but we have the holy spirit living inside of us and since we have the holy spirit inside of us that gives us the strength to go forward in god and make changes in our lives so when peter and john were going we're going to the temple. It wasn't like they were going to see God. God was already living inside of them. See, unfortunately today, many people think that, you know, the church, this building is where God abides. But no, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Wherever you go, God is with you because God lives inside of you. I love the psalmist says, even if I lay my bed in hell, you are there. Because some of us are living in a hell situation. Some of us work in a supervising place or a place of business that seems like hell. And be truthful and honest, even sometimes our marriages. Nobody here, I know my church, but nobody here. Because of Melissa and Mark doing a great job. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yes. 
But in our church, I mean, <laughs> we know that God is there for us. And, and sometimes it seems like no one understands, but we have a comforter who will lead us to all truth. A lot of times we don't know what to do, but we have the Holy Spirit who guides us to his truth. We have access to him 24-7. Hebrews 4, 16 tells us we could approach the throne of grace in time of need to receive mercy and grace. We can go with confidence. I mean, I could go with God. You know, some of us, I messed up this week. I, I don't even know why I'm in church today. To be honest, we have horrible weeks, right? Horrible days. Some of you this morning, getting your kids ready for church. You know, you blew it. You said some words that weren't appropriate, weren't right. If you don't eat that cereal, I'm going to... Um. So we come to church and it just seems like there's demons are waiting out there just ready to condemn us, right? Isn't it funny, the first time we begin to worship our hands and lift our hands, the devil reminds us of something awful we did. I mean, you probably thought you were the only one. No, you're not the only one. It all happens to each and every one of us. But the Word of God tells us that we can approach the throne of grace with confidence because we have that divine connection with God. Now, that connection is there even when we don't feel God is there. Because it's not about feelings, it's about faith. And sometimes we walk in dark places, but you have to say to yourself, God, I know that you are there. In your darkest hour, he doesn't abandon you. No, he is there. He abides even when we're not worthy, even when we mess up. And he never stops loving. His love never changes. Just think about it. Jesus loves you just as much as he always will. Some of us think, well, I was really good this week. God really loves me more this week. Jesus going, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he loves never changes. And it's always stable. And that's something you can rely on because that divine connection that we have with God. And the reason why so many people today are losing the battles in life is because they fail to acknowledge or they fail to, count, to, to just cultivate that connection with God. Now, how many of us have a cell phone? Most of us, right? Pay your bill. It's not working. Don't blame it on the devil. Pay your bill. Praise the Lord. See, now, look, I'll give it, take it out. T check your messages, because I know some of you waiting, right, right now, right? You don't have to sneak and say, I'm taking notes. I know, praise the Lord. You just... All right, but see, we all have cell phones. So how many of you could say that you could charge your phone, all you need to charge it once a week, and that's enough? Anybody? Show of hands. Nobody. Now, even in, in Harvest, I've got to open this. Nobody, right? In fact, if someone says, only oh, charge my phone once a week, you would look at them, that's bizarre, that's crazy. But that's how Christians treat their relationship with God. See, we feel that we come to church on Sunday, we can get charged up. And that's all we need. But I don't know about you, but the reality is I need God every single day. I need to reconnect with God every single day. I need to be in his presence every single day. And I love church, and I love the wonderful things that happen. But once we step out of these doors, we have to remind ourselves we have to stay connected. And you have to stay connected with our God. Each and every day, we have to abide in him. We have to allow him to charge our lives. Some of us go through difficulties all the time. And I don't know about you, but by tonight, thoughts are taking me some other place.
or just feel discouraged. And it just seems like, man, I, I wish I could call everybody. Just come to my house and let's get e, uh, Pastor E and, and everybody to, to just worship so I can feel that feeling again. But see, you, it's nice to be in fellowship and community, but every once in a while, we have to connect with God by ourselves. We have to be there. And so we connected with God. And the reason why so many times we are losing the battles in life is because we fail to cultivate that. I mean, how do we really connect? We all know the answer. Pray and read the Bible. But how many of us actually take time out from our busy lives, and I know our lives can be busy, to actually spend time before God? But look at our lives and say, well, God is important, but how important is he? I know sometimes you wake up in the morning, the first thing you want to do is turn on the news, the sports channel, read the paper, check your Facebook status, check your emails. But how many of us realize the importance of just checking in with God? I mean, Jesus was the ultimate example. Him being God, he said he took time out at nighttime in the daytime before anybody would bother him to spend time in the presence of God. So we have to be intentional about spending time with God. We have to say to ourselves, you know what? I have to do it today. You have to make it a regular routine. We all have regular routines. But where does God fit in in your regular routine? How many know that God can get lost in the source in your life? And we're so busy and doing so many things. And, and then you're like, oh, Pastor George, pray for me. It's Wednesday. And I'm about to do this. And I'm about to say this. Because you're living on Sunday's blessing. But the reality is that you needed to spend time in the presence of God. And we all have good intentions. How many of us want to spend more time with God? But it's just actually because there's something inside of us as believers. Yeah, that's what I want to do. That's what I need to do. But the reality is many of us don't do it. And that's why we're losing the battles of life. That's why the flesh gets the best of us. That's why it seems the enemy is always winning. So when it's down, when you're out, what you need to do is stick your hand in the prayer closet and just begin to recharge and say, I'm recharging, I'm strengthened. And people will notice there's a difference. People will say, man, there's something out of you. They've seen deliverance. They see the power of God move. They see that no, you're not no longer bound like they are. People need to say, what kind of, what's your cell company? How are you doing it? And that's what, because we have an appointment with Jesus Christ. The next thing we have first is a divine connection. And divine connections will always lead you to divine appointments divine appointments. On the way to the temple, Peter and John came across a man where Luke describes as a man who was disabled from birth. He had no options in life. Back then, in Bible times, they didn't have social security, they didn't have any system of the government that would take care of the people. Basically, if you, you were poor, you were a widow, you were an orphan, you were on your own. And all you could do is live a life and beg and, and go out there and beg. But so the man was brought in. He had four friends. It just seems like a couple of people who would take him at least to the temple so he could beg. So he, that was what the man was going to do for the rest of his life. So imagine getting up in the morning if you were this man. Once again, I got to do this. But what else I'm going to do? I need to survive. But the, the wonderful thing about that day was that he didn't realize that since Peter and John had already connection with God, that now God was going to give this man a divine appointment. And divine appointments are meetings specifically designed by God so that we could tell someone about the love of Jesus. 
divine appointments. And, and God desires for us as his people to go out there and to be aware that when I walk out these doors, when I live my life, every single day is a divine appointment. I remember going on a trip. I just uh, I went to New Orleans on, on, a, on a trip, and we got on a bus, some of us, uh, some of the people that were there, and um, we were headed to the hotel, and we just wanted to see the, the city. That we got on the bus, and we said, well, let's go on the bus, and it's going to take us to the hotel. And I met this guy at the airport, and, and I knew that he was going to the convention. We were talking and just talking about Christ. And suddenly this man gets here, uh, this young man gets on the bus, and he gets on the bus, and he sits in the back, and we start asking him directions. And, and suddenly, I, you know, I put my head down, and when I put my head up, this guy that was with me from the airport was talking to this guy about Jesus Christ. He was talking about this man, about Jesus Christ, and I was amazed. I said, wow, man. See, because I wasn't thinking that. Because, see, I get on, we get to this urban mode sometimes, you know. And what I mean by an urban mode is that when we find ourselves in a train or on a subway or on a bus, the first thing we do is we get very defensive, right? Come on. Yo, don't mess with me. Don't look at me. You don't want none of this. I am crazy. I am crazy. <laughs> Some of you enter church that way. You know what I'm saying? God bless you. Nah, nah, that's all right. Nah. We love it. Put a smile. Smiles are free. Praise the Lord. God is good. We could drop it and be vulnerable here in this place. This is a sanctuary. Amen. And it's a wonderful place to be. So I, was, I get in defense mode. Sometimes we don't want to bother people. And we just think about co-workers. Sometimes people think, we think, oh, because they seem to have it all together, that they really don't need Jesus. We say, oh, the homeless people need Jesus. Oh, the people on drugs need Jesus. But how many know that people living or working in Wall Street need Jesus just as much as everybody else? All colors, all people, they need Jesus Christ. And God's going to set you up for a divine appointment. And we have to be ready. And I'm thinking, how many appointments have we missed because we're so busy thinking about other things in life? We're thinking about our own selves, our own problems. We say, as long as me and mine are being taken care of, that's all that matters. But there's a dying world outside, and every time we take an opportunity, Pastor E was talking at the vet. And how did the guy relate to Pastor E? Because of the tattoos. I had an experience yesterday. I was in the supermarket. It was like early, 8 o'clock in the morning, and this guy walks up to me. He had a tasty shirt, you know, one of those tasty cakes. And he goes, first of all, you know, they know you from church, but they don't really know where they know you from. So they're like, where do I know you from? I don't know, dogs, um, the gym. I said, the church. Yeah, 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 that's it, the church, man. Yo, I like your church, man. It was high. It was this, this. And we began to see, see, that was a divine appointment. And each and every one of us, think about it, our family members, the people around us, our coworkers, your, the youth that come around your, the children that come around your children. See, because you're perhaps the only godly parents they will ever see. And unfortunately, maybe perhaps their parents aren't saved, but you, you, there's always one house in the block growing up, when I was growing up, where we would go and they would give us some Kool-Aid, they would give us some cakes, they would take care of us. But perhaps you are that home. And when kids come to your home, into your house, and people come to your house, you open yourself to say, look, this is the divine appointment. I'm ready. I'm ready to make a, a difference. And I know fear holds us back, many of us, right? I don't want to be, a, I don't want to offend nobody. I don't want to offend anyone. But look, it's not a be of being offensive. 
It's about letting people know whether they reject it or accept it is on them. But we have to be a vehicle of love. Love people. You know, so many of us are trying to change people in our family. Man came to me this morning and was saying, I want to change my, my girlfriend. And I gave her some scripture verse and I'm upset and, and she don't come to church and I don't know this and this and this. And I said, brother, you told me all these things, but I want to tell you to do just one thing. He said, what's that? He says, I told him, love her. Love her. See, God never called us to change anybody. How I many know you can't change anybody? Because if we could change somebody, we would change the, our attitude of our spouses. We would change certain things about ourselves. We would change certain things about our children, but we can't change anyone. But God has called us to love people. Love people. And I think that's so important. So here was Peter and John. And he said, and he told this man in, in, in verse 6, he says, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, walk. And I love what, when I read that verse, something popped out. It says, what I have, I give you. See, you ain't got nothing. To, you don't have nothing to give if you don't have nothing on your own. See, the God you serve is not enough for you. How is it going to be enough for somebody else? I mean, you're a Christian who's barely holding on. And I know we go through times. And I know we go through uh, situations that sometimes seem like overwhelming. But the reality is, that shouldn't be your constant state of being. There should be some happiness in certain people, right? Come on, you know, I speak to my mother every time I got to prepare myself, and I love my mother to death. But it's depressing theater, you know what I'm saying? Hi, Ma, how you doing? I me siento malo, estoy Debbie. I. Fulana tiene cansai. Somebody has cancer. I mean, she's the most depressing person in the world. And I love her to death, and I pray, and I say, Lord God, change my mom. Change her, because, you know, she's alive. You know, she's 75, praise the Lord, but she's able to walk. She has her own apartment. She's able to think. I said, Mom, you're so much better off than so many other people in this world. You got to live life every morning and say, thank you, God, instead of saying how bad life is. And that's what we have to do. But what I have to give, I give unto you. Many of us don't have enough. And why don't we have enough? Because we don't, once again, cultivate a relationship with God. It's about the connection. When we begin to connect with God, but we only preoccupy with our own lives, we're only thinking about ourselves, and then look. It's not going to happen. But God says, you know what? I want you to take care of your family. I want you to go reach your, those coworkers, those in the community. God has given us the power to change the world. So we have a divine connection that leads us to divine appointments. And finally, the greatest thing is that we have divine power. Divine power. What I have, give ID. In the name of Jesus Christ. See, they had nothing to give, but they had, because of their relation with God, God made the supernatural difference in the situation. And that's what the Lord has given us. We have supernatural power. You know, I'm a comic book buff. You know, I love comics. Comic-Con downtown. Woo-woo. All right, praise the Lord. And I love, you know, reading these stories of these extraordinary people and mutants and people with spider powers and all this stuff and people who get angry and you don't like me when I'm angry and they turn to the hall, you know? But God has given us supernatural power to make a difference in people's lives. 
You know, our prayers avail of much. It said the prayers of the righteous avail of much. The problem is we don't think that we're righteous because we're messed up. But it's not our righteousness. It's the righteousness of Jesus. And because we're in right relation with Jesus, his blood gives us the righteousness. And our prayers avail of much. We have the power to move mountains, to cast out demons, to do whatever God has called us to do, to make a way out of no way. But God has given you that divine power to make a difference. So we as people of faith, see, the enemy would say, man, you can't do much. When I think of the Bronx and I look at the situation and, oh God, I'm going to reach all these people. When we see our changing neighborhoods and I see our neighborhoods as it slowly begins to change and I say, Lord God, how are we going to reach the, the, the people who, who are not serving you, the Muslim people who, who are out there? And, and sometimes you get so discouraged. God, what can I possibly do? Even people in your own family, right? How can I change them? They know all my stuff. They think I'm just crazier now than before. Because all I say is hallelujah. I'm not cursing anymore. Hallelujah. Oh, she's a hallelujah. But what's going to make the difference is the divine power of God. See, because when you begin to pray for their circumstance, pray for their situations, and God will make a difference. And when we're thinking about community, it's so easy to get discouraged. And I say, God, how are we going to win the Bronx? You know, George is here. We're a couple blocks away. But this is still a large area. I mean, our churches are full, but there's still so many people who still don't know Jesus. That's the reality. Great. I love our churches. Praise God, it's full. But if we would build two churches, two more blocks, you know what? They'd still be filled. And so we have to make the difference. So I say, God, what did we do? And God says, you reach people one person at a time. Reach birth one person at a time. And you begin to pray. And you begin to allow the power of God to go through you. Because that's what the city needs. There are people who are helpless. We need to break out of that dome and go out there and begin to believe there's power in prayer. That God heals. That God delivers. That God changes. And as we go out there, we go with the authority given to us by God. And just begin to walk. And God's going to get whisper in your ear. Pray for so-and-so. Talk to that person. And suddenly, you begin to people come to you and says, God has answered. Answered your prayers. How many of that co-workers are always saying, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me? Right? And some says, we need to pray for yourself, but see, they're not there yet. And so we continue to pray and continue to believe, and that's what God wants us to do. So here's a story of a, mir of a miracle taking place. The supernatural was manifested in this man's life, and this man was no longer the same. And that's the real power, because going out there, and, I, and this is my prayer for the last couple of months. I said, Lord God, begin to transform the people in this community. You know that, that guy's always asking you for some change on the subway? You know that lady who's always seemed to be bound or crying or couples are always fighting or on drugs. I said, Lord God, it's not enough that we are free. And I thank God that we are free. But I pray that you would begin to use us to transform these people in this community. And the people who live in this community for years will recognize there's power in the house. This is the place you need to go. When someone's sick, this is the place you need to go. When someone needs deliverance, this is the place you need to go. When someone needs to get fed spiritually and physically, this is the place you need to go. But we have to be ready. We have to be equipped and not just wait for the pastors to do it. It's, we're called, each and every one of us, to make a difference in this world. And through the power of God, and God begins to manifest itself, we're going to see the changes supernatural connection with God. And we're going to be known as the house of God. 
a place where God abides. I'm going to close right now, but I just want to look at one scripture verse that I heard yesterday, and it really made a profound impact in my life. And it's Acts, book of Acts, chapter 10, verse 38. Here we go. It's not even in my notes. That's how fresh it is. Ooh. I want to leave you with this. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went around doing good, healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. See, many of us, the buzzword in church is, I want to be anointed, I want to be anointed, I want to be anointed. But God is saying, what for? <laughs> if you're not willing to go outside the dome and touch people's lives. Because our divine purpose is to go out with the Holy Spirit and empower. We have the power of God. God can move mountains through our prayers. And it says he went around doing good, good, good works. You're doing bad works, which we all get caught up in self. Ask God to break that power in your life. Because the worst thing is to be a bad witness. I tell people, if you're a horrible witness for God, don't tell people you're a Christian. Keep it to yourself. Not that we have it all together and we're perfect because nobody's there. But make sure that we're living a life of God, doing good and healing all who are under the power of Satan. Think of someone that you may know in your life who's under the power of Satan right now. Somebody in our family, somebody in our home, somebody in your job, somebody in your school, somebody you just meet in the subway and casually say hi. They're under the power of Satan. What can we do? Because God was with him. God is with us. Emmanuel's with us. But God wants us to go outside the dome. But we have to remember our divine connection. We have to remember our divine appointments. And we have to remember the divine power that's in each and every one of us. And I'm going to do different because I'm not going to have an altar call. Who, who, who wants this? Because believe me, all believers are called each and every one of us. This is an altar call for everyone. I want to ask you to bow your heads for now if you can. Lord God, there are so many out there who are lost. You said the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Then you said pray to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the harvest field. And I believe that God has put dreams, dreams in the hearts of many here and what's holding you back is that you're saying it can't possibly happen this is crazy but I believe that God is going to meet the desires of your heart I believe this is going to be a vibrant school once again God and God has placed in Michelle and George and, and some others a, a school where kids could be safe where they can grow in God and God's going to do these things once again and I believe some of you God's going to use you in the business world to make a difference God's going to use you in your school. God's going to use you in your community center. God's going to use you in your building. God's going to use you, but you have to be willing. So it starts by a divine connection. And right now, Lord God, I pray that we would stay connected with you. Not just on Sundays, Lord God, but each and every day that you would, we would wake up every morning presenting ourselves as living sacrifice unto you. I pray, Lord God, that we would all be mindful of divine appointments. Perhaps there's one person already you could think of. Man, I believe that Jesus is telling me to speak to that person. And I've been kind of fearful, but I come against fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. 
but of love, power, and a sound mind. And Lord God, right now, I need your power. Lord God, that's going to be the real difference because words are words and everybody talks. But what makes a difference? And even Paul said, he says, you know, I came with you not with fancy words, but with the power of the Holy Spirit. But we need more power. But God says, I'll give you more power. But you got to use it for my glory and allow people to see you or see me in your life. So, Lord, give us more power, Lord God, to deliver those family members who are bound in drugs, who are lost, who want nothing to do with the gospel, Lord God. You are able. Right now, we bind up the devil, the power of the enemy. Right now, we come against the enemy, and we are believing for great things as we go out. Anointed, anointed of God. We are anointed of God to go out and make a difference, to do good works, to heal, and to set the captives free from the hands of the devil because you are with us. We love you, Lord God. And that is our prayer today, that we would go out there beyond this dome and live our divine purpose in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you very much.